What's up, Thyroid Warriors? Welcome to a new episode of Thursday Thyroid Talks. I am so excited to dive into today's episode with you guys. You have no idea. Oh my gosh. So as you can see from the title, mushrooms, our cycle, birth control, thyroid symptoms, mineral imbalances. Like we touched on so much in this episode. I literally just like threw those vague descriptions out because I didn't know what else to say. I literally didn't have a title from this because I was like, this is so cool. I don't even know what to title it. So Michaela De La Maico is such a very interesting and extremely knowledgeable woman and the truth bombs and just all of the things we talked about are incredible. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So, so enlightening. So buckle up, find something cool to do so you can like, you know, pay attention and you don't want to miss like any of these bombs that are dropped. So I can't wait for you guys to enjoy. If you have any feedback, like aha moment, something you love, something you learn, go ahead and drop it in the comments below. Leave me a review. I love hearing from you guys. And if you're on Spotify, you can actually leave me a voice note too, which is super cool. So go ahead and do that. All right. But first I want to share a couple of things with you guys. If you haven't heard yet, I started a new worldwide thyroid community. Yes, I said worldwide. So any of you in the UK, Ireland, India, wherever you find me on this podcast, this is for all of you, okay? Because I know thyroid illness isn't just happening here in the US. I talk to my UK sisters, my Germany sisters. I talk to everyone, Australia. Everyone is battling the system, their symptoms, and they're struggling, so the Butterfly Gang has officially opened. I started it January 7th, and I did two welcome lives to explain everything about the community, why I feel called to do this, the, my intentions for you, my, the value you're going to receive. So you can go back and watch these replays, but I'll tell you a little bit of it now. Okay, so a quick story. In 2015, when I was literally at my breaking point, I couldn't work anymore. I couldn't function anymore, you guys. I was done. I begged my doctor to take me out on disability because I was like, my panic attacks are so severe. My fatigue is so severe. I cannot function. So after he put me through all this horrific red tape, I was able to qualify for it. And I was doing all kinds of things, but I'll save that for the stories within the community. Um, but more or less I was bedridden and I was just having panic attacks for no reason laying in bed. And, uh, I was, uh, I was miserable. And the, the number one thing that got to me, even though I had all these other symptoms going on was the loneliness I felt. My gosh, I was so lonely. And I remember just laying in my bed, bawling my eyes out, wishing I had someone anyone to talk to about what I was going through. All those 10 years I was sick, I had no one to talk to. And not only the people around me, like they were sort of supportive for the first couple of years, but then they just like shut me out and they didn't care anymore that I was like chronically sick. And so I don't know if you can relate to this. You probably can, but I perfected my fake front, you know, and because we don't look sick, if we don't act sick, 
then people think we're fine, but really inside we're like dying and like our bloating is killing us and we're constipated and we can't remember anything because our memories are shot and like all this terrible stuff is going down. Right. And so, um, it was a couple of years ago, I was called to start this podcast because of this exact reason. And I don't know if you've seen, if you haven't, you can check out my first 12 episodes. There are so many thyroid warriors that have come on and shared their stories. And my entire premise for this podcast has been to try to eliminate confusion, isolation, loneliness. But this year, well, kind of like the middle of last year, now really moving heavily into this year, I am feeling so called to bridged so many gaps and so many problems in the thyroid community and with women and thyroid illness and the medical systems. It's just, it's a mess. It's a nightmare. And we need each other more than ever. So this community is so beautiful because this is what I plan to do. I'm going to be laying the foundation starting in three days on January 7th at 11 o'clock a.m. I'm opening up lesson number one with the basic anatomical function, excuse me, of thyroid, of the thyroid gland, of the endocrine system. But because, yes, I do have a spiritual side to me. I'm also going to go into how that plays into the, the chakra, the throat chakra, right? The chakra system, because believe it or not, it's like all in sync. Then on the uh, second live for February on the 21st, I'm going to go into um, the thyroid malfunctions because this is where a lot of people are like suffering. Like, why do I have nodules? Why is it slow? Why is it high? Why is it mixed? What, you know, like what the F? So we're going to, I'm going to open this up with just building the foundation of your knowledge. And then after that, I'm going to go into the two, 10 root cause factors that I have literally uncovered through my own wellness journey and working with my clients now for the past three years, I have been able to pinpoint thyroid illness down into 10 root cause factors. So I'm going to introduce the first uh, five factors beginning in March, and I'm going to go over the second five factors in March. And then the rest of the year, I'm going to laser focus and teach you guys about every single one of these factors. There's going to be sisters. There's going to be so many women are already coming and joining and they're also desperate and lonely and confused and sick of it. And they want guidance and direction and friends and people to talk to. So there's that element of it. And then there's just the insane education element of it that I'm bringing to you guys because trust me, like I know from my 10 years battle, like the more, if I would have educated myself, like I am now, I would have saved myself so many years of misery. So education is power. Education is knowledge. Knowledge turns into actions. Actions turn into feeling better, feeling better turns into being happier and having a more successful life, having a more fulfilling life, having more power and control your doctor's appointments at the pharmacy with the surgeons, like everything just can come into alignment. So I am, I honestly am not coaching much right now because I just am truly pouring my heart and soul into this community. So I invite you guys to come. I'm going to drop the link in the show notes 
Um, if you are with me on Instagram, you could always look in the bio. I have the link in the bio of my Instagram and my TikTok. Um, you can always just DM me if you want and uh, if you have any questions. But I've been talking about this all over on my stories. I've been posting the schedules. Um, there actually is a seven-day free trial to join right now. And you could come check it out. Uh, say hi. Build your profile. Check everything out. Like, oh, I just said that, duh. RSVP and uh, get going. And then after that, it's $39.99 a month. So basically 40 bucks a month. And um, you're going to just like transform. And that's why it's called the butterfly gang. And I love my little two-part like message here. Cause like, yes, we all know the butterfly is a thyroid, but my intention for you guys is to help you break free from your struggle cocoon and morph into the beautiful thyroid warriors, beautiful women, beautiful butterflies that I know you are. All right, you guys, without further ado, let's enjoy this episode. Oh, I forgot to let you guys know that for some reason, after I uploaded this from Instagram, there was like an overlap. So it sounds like I'm cutting her off the whole time when I really wasn't when we were on together. And I'm like, why? Why Instagram? So I swear I wasn't rude, just cutting her off. So bear with me. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for today's live. I have a really awesome guest joining. There she is. Hi. All right. Let's see. I haven't done a live in a minute. Everyone, thank you for being here. We're going to be jumping on. Hi. Hello, beautiful. It's so good to see you. How's it going? Good to see you too. Nice to meet you kind of virtually in person, I, know. I guess. But I know, oh, right? So just so everyone knows, we actually have never physically met before. So this is really cool. And actually, before we dive in, I want to tell you a little backstory of like how you actually came into my life. And you don't even know it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> cool how the internet works, right? Um, so <clears throat> it was about a year and a half ago, one of my best friends was, um, she opened up to me about how she was really struggling with like the grief and all of the really heavy emotions she was having around her abortion. And, um, she told me she found you. And she actually lives in San Diego. We're both, we're all from San Diego, even though I live in Utah right now. Don't get me going. Um, and she actually mm -hmm. did some work with you. She did, I think, once like a first like an intro session with you. And I'll never forget that call. Mm -hmm. She came home and called me and told me just like mm -hmm. I could feel her lightness and her electricity after her session with you. And she was sobbing because of the relief and how great she felt. And I was, I was so taken back because I was obviously like, this is like a huge thing that women need. This is a, you know, what you're providing is a huge service. And I was so relieved for her. And then I was like, who is this? I got to check her out, you know? And then she went on mm -hmm. to tell me that she was going to do like a Yoni scene, I believe. 
And I was like, what is that? You know, so all these just really neat things that um, came into my life through you. And then as I've been a coach, I've met a lot of women who have come onto my discovery calls and they just sobbed the whole time because they haven't processed an abortion, a rape or losing a child, like a stillbirth. And I see how as a health and wellness mm -hmm. coach, I see how this, this one aspect of life is, is really affecting overall health. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just love what you do and I'm grateful you mm -hmm. exist and the messages that you put out, it's so mm -hmm. needed. So that's why I wanted to reach out to you. Thank you. Um, thank you for reaching out and I feel like you're bringing in a really important element of the conversation that maybe doesn't always get a lot of shine which I feel like it really should is release right pregnancy release uh, loss miscarriage um, abortion and and honestly you know what it feels like to die a little bit when there's people that leave your life or when things around you die that you thought were going to be permanent and so um, honoring the temporality of life, honoring grief is so vital and important. And I think a element of the either entheogen conversation or the womb wellness conversation that I feel people kind of like tiptoe around, but I feel holds so many keys to unlocking, you know, not just the truth of who we are, but like the vastness of the human experience. So yeah, thank you for centering this conversation. I feel like it's also really important. And I absolutely love sitting for people um, who've been through this spe specific portal and supporting them with not just the hands-on womb care, like you're talking about the Yoni scene, which I'd love to talk to you more about, but, you know, also with the support of entheogens and uh, mushrooms and cannabis and all of these other incredible plant allies that I can, I feel can be very supportive to a person facing, you know, death and transformation. So um, that's the intersection, really, of like mushroom consciousness for sure. Yeah, so I thank love you for how you call that. them plant allies. I've actually never heard that before. That's such a true. I know. Welcome to that. That's terminology. so true. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into you. I am so curious about you and how you got on this journey. And so, do you want to just like share a little bit about your story, or do you want to just dive into some questions? Um, I, t I do storytelling okay. within answering the questions. So I just feel like let's save the bio and just like dive right into what people and what you want to know. And then, yeah, I'll weave in like my okay. truths and my history cool. into Love all it. of those things. Um, so how mm -hmm. did you become a mushroom mother? So I came into a relationship with psilocybin mushrooms when I was about 19 years old. So this was nine years ago. And I... Um, I found home in the mushroom and a lot of people um, have reported back or, you know, I've sat for people that maybe it's like their first time and they'll say, I feel like I'm home. Like, I feel like this is how I should always feel. And the truth of it is, is I honestly feel like so many of us that are finding the mushroom now have been eating the mushroom through so many different iterations of our experience and our life here on earth that uh, whether that's an ancestor who's eaten mushrooms or maybe us in another incarnation or um, just have a cultural like relationship with the mushroom that it causes home. And so I felt so at home with the medicine that I just continued to have personal relationship with it. And when I talk about plant allies, fungus allies, medicine allies, 
when we say ally, it means like friend, someone who we sit with. And this is less a conversation of consumption as much as it is a conversation about relationship and like how we relate to other sentient beings on earth. So I felt like this medicine was down to like be my friend. And so we spent a lot of time in the mushroom space and you know, that happened for years. I started sitting in circle ceremonies. I started sitting with my dear friends and I just found that I felt really also at home with like sitting with mushrooms in ceremony as opposed to recreational. That became very apparent very quickly is like, this is not a medicine to just be fucking around with and like playing with. And, you know, it was really impacting me to be eating mushrooms in the wrong setting. And so when I found the right setting, I really committed myself to maintaining that. And in that time, you know, I'd been in a loving relationship with someone. We've been together for, you know, eight years. And so <laughs> kind of find, found him right after I, I found the mushroom. And so we became pregnant, you know, we, we conceived a child and I had a big question. I was like, do I stop my relationship with the mushroom? You know, like, is there like a pausing time, um, you know, for pregnancy and birth and postpartum and breastfeeding? So. I did some research like any mother would. I'm like, so is this appropriate? And to who is it appropriate? And I really wanted to ask that question, like to who is it appropriate to eat mushrooms? Because if we're talking the scientific community, right, they have their own like unique bias about like what safe is. And when I looked at underground online forums, I actually was met with like the same level of resistance, which really surprised me. I was like, even for people that are on like the cutting edge of psychedelics and people that are like super on the edges and fringes of society, they still have a lot of judgments around pregnant people eating mushrooms. Like where, where is a pregnant mother to go when they feel like these mushrooms are intrinsic to their mental health? And so I was, I, I have the privilege of just having access to some traditional medicine people. And so, you know, through my network, I reached out through a friend. I don't speak very fluent Spanish. So I asked my friend to translate and I asked Abuela, the teacher, um, you know, is it appropriate for me to continue my relationship with mushrooms while I'm pregnant? And she gave me like a really rich body of knowledge around, you know, the, the, that this is a bias that's only really centered in the West that this bias and that this, this feeling that we have that the earth is dangerous in any capacity um, is uniquely Western and reductionist. So she shared with me that, you know, mothers, she ate mushrooms while she was pregnant, the mothers eat mushrooms while they're breastfeeding, that when the children are even as young as three years old, they're starting to eat the mushroom. So, you know, she kind of like welcomed me in and permissioned me to continue my relationship. And she was the first person to give me mushrooms while I was pregnant um, and serve me. And so that has become pretty much the foundation for my advocacy is that if we are looking to Google, mothers are not going to find resources around eating mushrooms in a good way, but there is a rich cultural knowledge and honestly some science to show that this is rather safe and a wonderful decision um, when faced with the need. So I, that's how I became a mushroom mom. And I'm really grateful that I did because it, it absolutely like shifted what was possible for my life. And now is the message that I choose I love that. to share with people. And you know, it's anything that's good for us, you're not gonna find on a search on the internet. <laughs> Let's just be real. <laughs> like they, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to discern. There's just so much information available and it's unfortunate that the overwhelming like response from the, the, the big information space is that like mushrooms are not safe for pregnancy and breastfeeding and postpartum and should be completely avoided um, at all costs. And we just see through anecdotal information, cultural knowledge of 6,000 years, it's just not true. And it's unfortunate because the average person is just gonna use the Google search and then it will pull them away. And that's really sad because this medicine stands to benefit and be an ally for so many people whose only alternative is kind of SSRIs and antidepressant medication, anti-anxiety medication, which we know and has been proven to cause harm to babies in, in, um, in utero. So yeah, alternatives are needed. And it's funny because Western medicine is the alternative. Traditional medicine is the longstanding, what has been part of the human family for, yeah, yeah exactly. since the dawn of time. Yeah, it's, it, I actually have personally never um, experienced mushrooms. And when I found out you're in San Diego and I'm going to be moving back, I was like, oh, I'll have to go play and, and see how that is. So when you're like, mushrooms are home, I'm like, wow, that must be amazing feeling. And um, yeah, I'm like, it is. I, I got <laughs> yeah. to come hook up. I'm looking forward to that. Um, thank you for sharing all of that. So much, so much valuable um, information. Yeah, yeah. And I I love that you're, you're connected to, mm -hmm. um, what did you call her name? It was beautiful. Um, so we go by, she goes by Abuela, or the Abuela, or Abuela Chico Sochi. Um, Abuela oh. just means grandmother in Spanish. And um, she's just an elder, uh, not just an elder, but is an elder that has like led, you know, quite a few ceremonies that I've sat in. And I have friends that have studied under her and she lives in Mexico and um, is part of like a way wider network of people with this similar cosmology. However, she was kind of my access point into the, the cosmology of, of Mexico. And I'm a Mexican person. I'm a detribalized indigenous Mexican person. And so I feel like that was really important for me to have access to a space that yeah. was culturally relevant yeah, it is. for me. It is important. And I feel like right now, um, because I talked to so many things. You good? It looks great. Oh my! <laughs> I was just delivered delicious food by my loving housemate. <laughs> nice. Who also studied under well, the same teacher. Cheers to delicious food. Yeah, you know, I just really feel. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you, but the women I speak to all the time about their thyroid issues, um, there absolutely is a collective conscious. Um, like moving away from Western medicine right now, like with everything that we've been through the past few years, people are, are like, hang on, like I am not okay with this. And they're definitely seeking for the mm -hmm. traditional, like you said, the stuff that's been around with us from the beginning. I know, mm -hmm. you know, that on my wellness journey, that was definitely the path that I was looking for as well, because I was sick for 10 years and I got nothing but gaslighted. You know, my doctor became my narcissist abuser and um you know so i appreciate that you point out all of the the other healers that you can turn to that are one one with the cosmos like you said all right so my next question is um womb healing how did you get into womb healing in particular mm -hmm. um so i 
was born with a womb. I come from womb, right? My mom has one. We all come from womb, um, at least now. Uh, things might change in the future, but, um, you know, many of us come from womb. And so I started developing a relationship with my womb um, right before I started my bleeding time. And uh, I, I always had like a really keen interest in what was going on with my physical body and had a lot of curiosity for my vagina and my labia and like all these other parts of me that like not a lot of people were talking about. I, um, yeah, I went to Christian school. I went to Catholic school. Um, so there's really little conversation around proper sexual education, education of anatomy. And, but I always found myself in our like biology books flipping over to like the vagina and the penis is obviously the most interesting parts of the fucking science book. Um, but, you know, I was like always really fascinated about the entire female reproductive system and like how it functions and, and its cadence and just learning that it even is like rhythmic and has cycle. And um, that was always really interesting to me. And I started experimenting with like tampons even before I started bleeding. Like I just was like, there's something here. Like there's something interesting going on here. And my curiosity has always guided me to the things that I now do. And honestly, I'm still a very curious person. So I, um, I found myself on hormonal birth control at age 11. And I thought that was like really an interesting response as you're saying, you know, this like medical narcissism and this medical gaslighting. It's like, I have irregular periods as an 11 year old. Okay, well, it makes sense. The system is just getting jump-started. Like I haven't had a proper rite of passage connected to my menstrual cycle. I haven't had the proper emotional, psychological infrastructure like laid in um, to help me understand the importance of the cycle. And so, you know, of course I was, you know, just put on medication, right? My mom felt like she was doing the right thing by doing that. And so um, it actually led me down a really nasty road of bacterial vaginosis, dealing with chronic yeast infections, all kinds of issues that I just thought were like, just in, in, innate uh, in, in the female body, you know, that the, the, this was just a normal thing to deal with these imbalances because that's how the medical community deals with illness. It's like, yeah, it's totally normal for you to, you know, be fluctuating between bacterial vaginosis and pH problems all the time. And, you know, never really asking like, what are hormones playing in this? And so I, um, when I started finding the mushroom and started getting into like earth medicines and psychedelics, I found myself in an ayahuasca ceremony. Um, and so in that ayahuasca ceremony, I was in like the care of some pretty earthy women who decided to, after the first night, um, sit in a circle and educate around natural birth control and conscious contraception. And these topics that I had like really never considered or heard about because my fear was ultimately like becoming pregnant, un un uh, unplanned, right? And I felt that birth control or what had been educated to me was that birth control was the only way to ensure that she did not become pregnant. And so after this conversation, this sit around, you know, I, I had the next plan on in my arm, which I still have like a scar of. And um, I felt like coming off the mountain that my integration of that medicine experience were to be to come off of hormonal birth control forever and embark on the journey of learning my womb and to come into relationship with my rhythmic cycles. And so when I had the doctor, um, when I had the doctor um, remove the next on, I 
told her because she asked me like well what what uh birth control do you want to try now because i'd fucking tried them all and they're all terrible matches for me and I said, I want to get off hormonal birth control because I want to learn the cycles of my moon and learn the mystery of my womb and learn like how I can function with my womb. And she just had no words for me. There's no words to respond to that as a medical professional because that's just not what they're trained in helping people understand. So yeah, I just walked out the office and then I was like, holy fuck, what have I done? Like I'm sexually active. I don't know anything about my menstrual cycle and I don't know what my backup plans are and so um i learned what those were like i learned through searching what a backup plan was i learned about yoni steaming on my own i like started deeply researching um you know family planning natural family planning cycle rhythm tracking all those things i do now today and in that wandering found my teacher i found a teacher so lily sister nova birch and she took me under her tutelage and she's still my teacher to this day and um, has initiated me into Yoni steaming tradition. And I'm really grateful that I was able to find someone who um, would invest their wisdom into me so that I could grow. And honestly, what she says is like, Yoni steaming in the womb healing is not just about sitting on a pot of herbs. Like this is, this is a liberation movement. This is about helping wombs unlock to their to their potential, like what they're what what they were born to be, what they were born to become, you know, whatever that looks like for you. And so I I hope to do the same through education as liberation, helping people understand that you know um, pharmaceuticals are not the only way to heal, and that there's a lot of ancestral practices that people have been disconnected from that if they were to come back home to could find balance and remedy with their body the way that I did. So that's how I got into Yoni Steaming. And I'm really grateful that my teacher, Sister Nova, came into my life because I had been preparing some herbal blends for myself and friends. My mom's an herbalist too. My mom like um, has always practiced Italian folk medicine like her whole life and my whole life. And that's where I get a lot of my education from is from her. And um, so I had a knowledge of how to prepare herbs and so you know, I started drawing this like figure um, on all of my packages and just like little notes to people. And that was the logo for my teacher's company. So I thought that was really cool that, you know, we've been actually like calling out to each other um, psychically for a long time until we were able to finally meet in, in this lifetime. So um, yeah, what an honor it is to be able to serve the womb in this time because there is so much destruction around the womb. Um, the environment we're living in is rather toxic. And so that's coming and showing up in a lot of imbalances of the womb and leading to the ailments that we're seeing systemically, like mass hysterectomy, mass cesarean section, uh, mass fibroids, uterine fibroids, um, and mass sterilization. So um, it's important for us to talk about these things. And there is a connection actually between, between the thyroid and thyroid issues and the functions and the health of the womb. And my mom had a Hashimoto and had hypothyroidism and they eventually gave her hysterectomy um, because it affected her moon cycle so much that she really felt burdened by it. So I'm glad that you're centering also womb wellness and the thyroid care conversation because I feel like it is an important aspect and element too. People should know yeah, that hysterectomy absolutely. is not the only answer. Unfortunately, I do meet a lot of women that have had, they have a lot of missing body parts and yeah, it makes mm -hmm. me sad. And so I try to support as much as I can yeah. supplementation and herbs. Um, but I love what you said about science books. 
<laughs> you're like everyone loves that part of the science book yes <laughs> <laughs> it really is you know we all flip to that section no matter like even if we're in like high school high school health class you know but yeah i i resonated so much with that i absolutely did not know my cycle at all like at all my mom never taught mm -hmm. me anything about it um mm -hmm. i think we're taught just very basic information in school and then we forget the majority of it one second wild heart my mom has gone through this connection of fibroids and thyroid issues too it's so important to talk about yeah it is it's affecting mm -hmm. i if i could show a stat I, in my brain like i i bet the stat would be like one in five women it's so low like there's so many women being affected by this but yeah um mm -hmm. i i you said so many things so I'm trying to like rewind. <laughs> I'm like, okay. No, that's okay. Yeah, people, yeah. people already like just, picked it up. So, you know, you well, can I, review it later. so much I wanted to like make sure I could um, like hit on it. Yeah, I absolutely mm -hmm. felt completely mm -hmm. disconnected from my cycle. And like you said, I, I was, I, I became sexually active. And in San Diego, it was kind of like this known thing of that we could go to Planned Parenthood and get whatever we wanted. And we could be as sexually yeah. crazy as we wanted because Planned Parenthood had our back. And if we wanted to get birth mm. control, if we wanted to get an abortion, we could do everything without our parents' consent. And if they wanted parents' consent, we could put our friend's mm -hmm. phone number down and our friend could pretend to be our parent and we could get away with everything. And so we, you know, it was just a very, um, there wasn't a lot of awareness around your period or cycle or anything. You just suppressed it with birth control so you wouldn't get pregnant. And that was it. You could just have fun. And um, <clears throat> as I was sick with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's, I was on all kinds of birth control. And one of the things... And like, I didn't think about it because like you, I didn't want, I was scared. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I was in a conversation. I mean, I was in a, a marriage with a man that I was scared to continue to have kids with because he was so abusive. So I was trying to protect myself through birth control. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really care yeah. what the side effects were because it was protection, right? And so when I finally mm -hmm. was able to break mm -hmm. free and divorce him, that's when I started looking at all dimensions of my wellness. And I started really analyzing um, birth control. Like, what is this for? Like, it, do I need this? Is it, is mm -hmm. it helping? Is it serving my body? Right. And so it was so nice to be able to um, ask these questions. And as I researched it, it was like, oh my God, huge red flags. Like get away, stay away from birth control. And, you know, for me, this is, this is my opinion. I'm not saying this to anyone else, but, um, and then the more I've studied minerals and nutrients, I've learned that it's really high copper. And a lot of women are are struggling with copper imbalances because of birth control and they don't know it. And then this goes into a lot of the anxiety, the panic attacks, mm -hmm. the mood disorders, the bipolar, and all of the neurological and mm -hmm. like personal, mm -hmm. um, problems you know, that, it, that land us on more pharmaceuticals. So it's a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. So I chose like you to go mm -hmm. off my birth control. And um, I was terrified because I actually, you know, this was years after mm -hmm. I left my, um, my ex and I was in a sexually active relationship. And again, I was like, I don't want to get pregnant. What do I do? 
And so there is no knowledge, really. You know, you kind of feel like you were forced to turn to pharmaceuticals to protect yourself, whether it's plan B, you know, morning mm. after pill, or something that just causes so many nutrient deficiencies. They're high heavy metals and they destroy your cycle, mm. you know, at least temporarily. Mm. And um, so I found this right. app called Natural Cycles. Mm. And so I just kind of like, I felt like I jumped off the cliff, you know, like, oh my gosh, this is scary, but I'm going to do it because I know it's what's best for my body. And I started tracking my cycle. Mm. And one of the big aha moments that I had was, holy shit, a lot of my, my symptoms that I thought were from my thyroid were actually my cycle, like just my normal rhythm that I had never knew even existed because I suppressed mm. it for so long. So like mm. these couple of days, I was actually really tired just because I was going to ovulate or I am ovulating or I'm actually really bloated these couple mm. of days because I'm going to start my period, you know, and instead of always just blaming mm. all of my symptoms on my thyroid, like we're taught to do, it was so enlightening of like, holy shit, this is actually just my natural rhythm. And I can step back and, and give myself space and grace for these moments because this is what my body does. And it was so liberating. Mm -hmm. I had no idea, you know? And so I try mm -hmm. to, I try to teach yeah. this to my clients, but we are also very much in fear of having a child or mm -hmm. uh, unwanted pregnancy. Um, so yeah, totally get it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And that's a really, yeah, amazing connection that you're making with mineral imbalance, um, mental health issues, um, or perceived mental health issues being nutritionally based and this vicious cycle that you're talking about of like more interventions kind of beget more interventions, kind of like the domino effect of interventions that we also see like in the birth scene, like one intervention causing like another stream of issues instead of just like, you know, um, pulling everything back and really looking at the body as like not symptomatic, as not pathologizing the, the, the rhythm and the breath of the body. And I, I also feel the same way about when I'm talking to people about what's going on in their experience. I'm like, well, what is the symptom teaching you? Like what imbalance is this pointing to? And like having really good inquiry, body inquiry, asking questions as opposed to just like trying to suppress as you're saying the language of the body. I think that is the most beautiful thing that we can learn from is the body is signaling to us so many things. And I think what's unfortunate is like organizations like Planned Parenthood do not really teach body literacy, do not really have the emphasis on your own understanding and awareness of the cues and the signs and signals of the body. So, you know, um, I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. say like fuck Planned Parenthood. Like I, I think that they absolutely serve a need in the community. However, they've completely like, overstepped. Um, what their fucking need and value is and they've absolutely as an organization first of all come from very nefarious origins like Margaret Singer who's a known eugenicist and experimented on Puerto Rican women and has um, pushed for mass sterilization of the black and brown community as part of this like way of of keeping the population you know um, the way that they wanted it to be they've also made it a really important point to kind of like weed out community-based wound care efforts because there have been a number of different like collaboratives, co-ops that have come together to try to also support 
folks in these ways with abortion access and misoprostol and pap smears and all the other things that they offer at Planned Parenthood that's not abortion. And um, they have fought these organizations from, from expanding on non-competition clauses legally. And so like they're doing a good job of and making sure that they're monopolizing the womb care, um, womb care distribution. And they are a vehicle for big pharma. Like that's how they make a tremendous amount of their money is by being another um, vendor basically for pharmaceutical products. And so, you know, I think it's, it's by design and it's with no um, surprise at all that, and it's unfortunate that they seem to be a lot of the times the only option um, for people, especially in low income communities. And so I think it's really important that, you know, to emphasize like education as liberation. I feel like when people know their body, um, they don't have to hand off the power as much and they can absolutely insource um, a lot of their a lot of their healing and not just insource to themselves, but like insourcing to the web of traditional people that like have been working with wombs, parteras, um, you know, uh, womb, like root workers and, you know, all these people that have been largely written off by the medical establishment as being just like witch doctors and not valuable when they were the ones birthing every child up until the 18th the the 18th century so um thank you for holding space for this conversation um got a lot of hearts for this one because it's the fucking truth that's like why i say western medicine is the alternative because this has been the cadence of human life since the dawn of time and now like in just the last 300 years we're saying all these people are not valuable and should be completely written off for people that actually have no understanding of what the cycle is and the magic and the mystery and what it really takes in order to be well in this world so um, yeah, thank you for holding space for this conversation because I, I really like to take an intersectional lens of what the wound care issues are. Um, and a lot of it have, you can't, you can't forget the history. Like you, this is all traceable. Um, and so yeah, none of this wisdom is a historic. It all resists, it all exists within a historical landscape. And you, you know, as, as a white woman, right? As a European woman who um, has been like, so overwhelmingly like over medicated and myself as like a brown woman and coming from you know like a like a middle class or, or upper lower class like neighborhood and family being under medicated being underserved and it's cool that we can come together and say this system has actually caused harm to us both and in different ways and so Ooh, I don't chills. I don't see like you you're know, giving me chills um, on that one <laughs> you know what I mean like we've been We've been fucking harmed, dude, period. And in so many and in different ways. And um, but that brings us together. It's like let me let me tell you how we've been harmed and you tell me how this shit has fucked you up and let's dismantle it because it's not serving anyone um in the way that it was I mean it's it's functioning the way it was designed to and, and that's not to be of service to the womb. So um hundred yeah. percent. Any more questions? I love it. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I feel like we could talk on so much like a lot of just areas because this goes so far and wide yeah. and um um yeah so mm -hmm. i do have one more question mm -hmm. um the sure. so but i i did want to point out that a part of my story um is when i started tracking my cycle and actually learning that i had a cycle <laughs> like i'm serious like, mm -hmm. like some girls don't even know what ovulation is like they think it's just the menstrual cycle yeah. that you just bleed and that's it um, and I was almost yeah. that illiterate. Right. It was, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so it absolutely mm -hmm. was 
crazy. And I didn't read this. I actually started observing it like on my night walks that like when I would be ovulating, there would be a new moon. When I'd be menstruating, there'd be a full moon. And I've noticed this correlation with the moon. So just from observations on my night walks, I was like, whoa, what is this? So then I actually started reading about moon, the moon cycle and and our menstruation. And I think it is the the design of that our bodies actually do circle around with the moon is probably one of the neatest things to me i think it's just so fucking beautiful and um and so Mm -hmm. and one thing i wanted to say to everyone else that something i literally didn't even know existed is there is i forget the name of this author but there's a book called in the flow that i started reading And when you track your cycle, like what I've learned to do with my cycle tracker app, and it has taken away all fear, by the way, because the the app itself is so um, detailed for me and it it can pinpoint the exact days I'm going to ovulate, the days I'm on my menstruation. I can literally plan my life around my cycle and I can plan whether I want to have meetings. I can plan when I want to, you know, be intimate. I can plan. It's like, it's so cool when you actually take a step back and you're like, this actually does rule my life and I need to honor this. And you're like, okay, so I'm not Mm going to have like some big, you know, zoom meeting on day two of my period. And this is the week I'm going to have my period. So I I just wanted to point that out for everyone listening, Mm -hmm. because it was another like very liberating moment for me when I actually recognized that my period is a Mm -hmm. big part of everything I do every day. And that's special, and I need to mm-hmm. appreciate that. So my last, my last question for you, are, you. are what are ancestral codes? <laughs> what are ancestral codes? Um, <laughs> DNA. Period. <laughs> DNA. That's like what's left over, right? Um, that's what's left over. That is tracking the um, epigenetic like imprints of experiences. This is like what is in our blood. This is what is created when the seed is created in our grandmother's womb that gives rise to us. Um, It's important to just situate ourselves historically and situate ourselves ancestrally. And in a lot of traditional African religions, like we believe the ancestors are like the closest beings to us. Like some people in Christianity, they pray to God some people in Islam, they, you know, in Islamic traditions, they pray to Allah, right? And, and there's, and there's, and there's like this kind of like calling out to like the highest force, which I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking with too. Like, you know, I think it's important for us to like praise to, to the most high and like to, to bring in like and anchor in these, these frequencies that, you know, of creator. But at the end of the day, creator is very busy. Okay. Like there's kind of this like understanding in this, in these cosmologies, right? That, you know, we can, we can, we all exist with within creation and yet like who's going to understand our human issues right like who's going to understand what's going on in our family more than our own ancestors right like we are our own ancestors i've had mushroom experiences with people one most recently where she discovered that she was her own grandmother who'd been like and she's a great great grandmother right and she's like oh my god like i remembering who i am and i planted the seed that i would come back like, and when we give reverence and honor to our ancestors is like, we, we are tapping into like our, 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 our spiritual locale. That's so important. It's so important to know like where we come from, what lands we're from, what foods they were eating, because that's going to cue to us and tell us like how we need to live our life. Like there's a word 
um, called Sankofa. And Sankofa, it means to look back. Because if you don't know where you're from, you cannot know where you are going. And so when I say ancestor codes, it's like important to be like relevant to like who the fuck we are and like where we come from and like what they did. Because a lot of people have assimilated like American culture, capitalist culture, this whatever society, you know, norms that, but this is a, this is like a, a computer program that we are trying to take into our hardware. And yet we are fucking constructed for something way different. We're constructed for cosmologies that like you said, you know, help us to remember to honor our, our, our earthly origins and our cosmic origins. Like we are connected to the moon. Like our moon is pulling on the tide. Like we are, we are earthbound. We are solar. We're, we're, and were the ancestors okay like even the mayan civilization has in in their origin stories that they are descendants of like the stars right we have native american um origin stories that you know honor sky woman as having come from the stars to be on earth and to learn what it's like to live on earth like these origin stories give us the entire framework for the way that we continue to live our lives here on earth and i feel like these ancestor codes are those memories and that knowledge base left over for us to pick up and continue walking with. But many people don't have connections to their ancestors. Many people have been detribalized, disenfranchised. You know, we've lost our native names. Like a lot of the daughters and brothers of the African diaspora, you know, they lost their names, they lost their culture, their language. And that's for good reason, because colonizers know that when you disconnect people from their ancestors, they lose their power. They lose their ability to have any feet, any ground to stand on. So uh, when I say ancestor codes, it's just like a way of getting, of coming back home. It's like a way of remembering who we are, where we're going and how we wanna walk through the world. So that's been uh, so liberating a process for me to just understand where I'm coming from, what people I'm coming from and recognizing that like my, um, it's already been set up for me. Like I already got, I already got blueprints for certain things. Like I have a blueprint for being an artist. Like I have, I have these particular like affinities towards stuff because of who my family is and where we come from and what lands we come from. I have favorite foods and they just so happen to be the foods that are from like where we're from. So I, um, I just love to position people in um, this like understanding that you are part of a generational, um, a generational sphere, you know, and that it's so, it's so valuable to, um, to look in and someone just asks, and I think this actually will be a really nice close, but you know, <laughs> what's everyone's homework? I love to, I'm an educator. I love to leave people with some shit to fucking do like in tangent, in the, the tangent realm. So, um, a tangible realm. So how do we get in connection with our ancestor and in touch with our ancestors? So what I learned and what I was always taught is that it's important for you to have a meeting place for your ancestors, right? Like we could be finding our ancestors in the trees and we can be traveling all kinds of ways. And that's all, that's all very fine and good. And also remember that like, you're also interacting and interfacing with the ancestors of the land that you're standing on. So also remembering like whose ancestors bones make up the soil that your house is built on. Be thinking about those things. Be thinking of the ancestors in the soil, making up the minerals and the calcium and the phosphorus and the iron and the potassium that's like in the soil are the bones of human beings. So like thinking about that, first of all, and situating yourself with that kind of consciousness. And then um, 
when you decide I want to build the relationship with my ancestors, having a place for them to come to, and that usually looks like an altar, and having an altar in your home, low to the ground, um, bringing as many pictures and pieces of those things that remind you of them. If you don't have pictures of them, write their names, whatever you can to focus your concentration in the third dimension, that this is a place for them to come and exist. And we offer food, we offer water, all kinds of things. Their favorite foods, making ofrendas is something we do every year for Dia de Muerto. It's like a part of our life way. You know, it's not trendy to be into your ancestors. It's like an absolute, yeah. uh, 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 it, it, you have to. You have to remember them. So um, making an altar is important. And also if people don't feel like they're ready to do that, then sometimes we just make a plate of food and leave it at an empty seat at the table and just say, this, this is for my ancestors. If they wanna come and eat, they're welcome to be here in my family. So it's important. This is tangible medicine. This is tangible magic. Like it's important to make space in the third dimension for them to know that they're being welcomed and invited. And that's a really wonderful first step. That sounds people. so fun. I actually just started learning about an ancestral altar. Um, a few weeks ago, I, I started doing some ancestral healing with um, a Celtic shaman out of Maryland. Um, beautiful, beautiful um, experience. And she taught me about my ancestral altar and she was teaching me about six generations of my, um, of my grandmothers and it was very like you said i they are with us and we are them and we are one and we are never alone i've learned that for sure and so i never thought about putting a plate on the table that's so cute and you're like here you go you guys are welcome to join yeah because yeah yeah because i know for sure that my yeah. grandmother my grandma hope is always with me and i talk to her and i say hi to her mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And anytime we do ceremony, anytime we do this healing work, if you're going to Yoni Steam or a fucking yoga session or like whatever it is, a sound healing, whatever it is, you have the opportunity. Like you said, we are one, like we are, we are related. So it's possible to call them in and just say, I'd also like to share this healing with my grandmother who's not here with us, but she's going to heal with me. I'd, I'd like to invite her into this practice. Like it is possible when you sit with mushrooms, but they're also experiencing, you know, the ripples of your experience. And so, you know, always be like thinking about them in, in as a, as an ally. They are also our allies, just like we're talking about being in relationship in the very beginning. You know, it's important to remember how to be a good friend, how to be a good ancestor to the future and how to be a good, you know, descendant of, of people. They yeah. want to be remembered. We want to be remembered too. So, you know, it's important to remember them, to call them in when it's time to, and just know that, you know, the healing work that we're doing here on the third dimension is healing us forwards and backwards and in every dimension possible. So um, when we are doing work, we don't heal in a vacuum. We heal with them. And often our ancestors are guiding us to these practices because they also need to, you know, be feeling the appreciation of these healing ways so um yeah thank you for welcoming the conversation the ancestors because i feel like it's absolutely intrinsic to the womb healing work in particular because uh the womb is an ancestor yes realm. you're right and i could actually i would i would love to do another one and just talk about that um because so much of everything that i've learned as i've uncovered all of my shadows and i've been doing a lot of my own healing work the past year and a half every single aspect of it has pointed me to my grandmothers and I had no idea that was going to happen. So um, one of the ways that I also um, am learning about them, because 
you know, I want to see what they look like. I want to know what their life was like. I want to know where they were born. So I have an app called Family Search, and it has our tree, and it's so beautiful, and there's so much information um, on it. So I open that up, and I'll read through, and I'll connect with them that way, and I'll be able to, like, find some pictures and build my altar with some pictures. So learning about that app was really, really helpful for me as well to, like, get in touch. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you again for yeah. your time. Someone Thank said, you. please go live more often. <laughs> <laughs> I have another live actually this afternoon, if you want to come and join me. And then I have a live on nice. Wednesday too. So yeah, I'm live. Yes. Just keep awesome. <laughs> awesome. We'll definitely learn from you either live or on the replay, but it was so nice to meet you. I can't wait to come back now and yeah. do some mushrooms with you. That's going to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see yeah we'll see but um yeah i'll hit you up on the back channel and thank you for yeah offering your platform to um center this conversation and i hope that the information is um like pleasing to people and if it's not pleasing that i hope that it is not disturbed and um we are just here to educate in the ways that i know how so um i hope that this reaches the right folks and if anyone has specific questions around their own spaces uh, feel free to dm me and if they're interested in this education I did a three-part like series with the Ancestor Project called Wombs of the Empire that really give a beautiful like demonstration of the knowledge that I do have within the womb space. So um, that's at the link in my bio. And yeah, if anyone wants to dive into like more uh, detailed education, I'm super happy to Wonderful. share yeah, yeah, So yeah, thank you so check much. Check that out. Awesome. Thank you guys all for being here, cool. and everyone have a great, blessed rest of your day. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you.